right, all right, all right. Let's get this all clear out the way. <clears throat> How was the drive over there? Good, good. Left traffic, five o'clock traffic. <laughs> five o'clock. Yep. Just putting my phone on silent. Everybody getting out of work and picking up food and picking up kids and <laughs> picking up kids off the streets. I have to fight my way through the traffic to get to the gym and then leaving the gym, coming this direction down Saratoga, there's all this traffic as well, so it's like constant. <laughs> somebody stopping or somebody going or trying to turn and you got to wait for them to move. And It's all good. It isn't it is in uh, Dallas or Austin or, shoot, Los Angeles traffic like we see on TV. Our Damn. traffic isn't bad at all. Yeah, it's nothing compared to the Hollywood traffic and all that bullshit in New yeah, York. We, we're, we're good. They look at us and they probably laugh. Yeah. How cute. <laughs> you want to, like, your brother Daniel has to deal with all that Austin, and Christian too, your sister. Oh, yeah. They deal with that Austin traffic and it's like uh, clockwork over there. It's always at a certain time. It just can be guaranteed to back up. <laughs> when I used to work there, I would run into that all the time, and I had a trailer, I was hauling a trailer to, with equipment and everything, and um, we would always try to become a home, you know, trying to, you're trying to come home, and or to your, our little hotel we're staying at, it, man, you're just t- tired and dirty and ready to just take a shower and eat something and just, you know, rest, and you just can't even do that, the frustration, you know, and then I was driving all the time, too, mm-hmm. so. I just remember being on the road like, God, I just want to go home. I want to be home already. And <laughs> no matter what we did, leave early, you know, 20 minutes early or 20 minutes later or whatever, we would still hit that traffic. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it just gets backed up over there pretty bad. <clears throat> so the last time we both met up to do this, well, I think it was like maybe a few months back. Was yeah. it November? It was been, no, it was, it was September. Yeah. It was September. I think it was September. Oh, it was September. October. Yeah, it was October some, somewhere around there. Anyway, it was basically last year. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, it's a new year now. Yeah, it's a new year. January the 10th, I believe. January, or January the 11th. January 11th today. Yeah. 2023. Two days ago was your grandpa's birthday. <clears throat> Did you call him? Or three days ago. I hadn't got, to, got a chance to call him. Yeah. I've been working real busy, but... Uh, I've been meaning to call him, yeah. How old is he turning around? 70 or 75? 72. Or 72? Yeah, he told me. That he told me. I, I don't ever remember my parents' age. I just uh, I just forget. But anyways, he tried to tell me. He says, um, I'm 27. I mean, 20, uh, 72. He's all trying to, <laughs> trying to flip the number. So that's the only reason I remember right now is because he was flipping the number. So he wants to be 27 again, I guess. I was when I was little, like maybe like four or five, and I'd go up to Grandpa, Grandpa, how old are you? Old enough. He's always telling me, old enough. I'm like, equally. Yeah. I always want to know, but like when I was younger, like four or five, because whenever I was that age, older people or older age, I was like, oh my God, they're, they're so amazing. Like, yeah. They're older than like. A five-year-old, you know, like, they, yeah. I looked up, and I was like, oh, my God, like, they have life experience, you know? <laughs> and he'd always, like, just blow it off, I guess, as in, like, whenever I'd ask him how old you are or something, he'd kind of, I guess he'd just kind of like, I don't I don't want you to know how old I am, type yeah. of thing. 
when you're uh, when you're that young um, and even younger, like two, three, four, you know, mm-hmm. you're able to talk. The perception of age is is not there. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You just haven't experienced a lot. So, I remember friends of mine would be, "Oh, my parents are eighty years old," and I'll be like, 80 years old? Like, there's no way." Because, yeah, you know, I had a, a different perception of age. You know, and just having grandparents and being around them and stuff, and then knowing what their ages were. So I was like, "Dude, your dad can't be any older than my dad, and my dad's not eighty years old." So it just just when you think about that, yeah, people, the kids, young kids have a, a weird perspective on, on what uh, what age is. They'll just throw a number out there. They're like 80 years old. and <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy, man. I was thinking about, uh, like, how you were talking about parents and stuff. Uh, when I was uh, working a while back, I just have random stuff that goes through my mind at work. Because I'm just there by myself, just stocking up uh, all these products and stuff. But uh, for once in a while, I'll have, like, memories just go by. And uh, I started watching uh, a show recently, like, all over again. I just started, I was like, you know what, I want to watch this over again. Because I haven't seen it in a long, long time. And the show is Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Have oh, yeah. you remember seeing those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thing that kind of came back, like, bring, brought back some memories, it was... Um, Remember how every Sunday Walking Dead would come on TV or something, and uh, Daniel would run and say, "Hey guys, Walking Dead's about to come on. Let's go to the couch." And yeah. the whole family would come run to the couch. Yeah. I was like, "Man, I remember, I, I remember seeing a TV show. Uh, it's kind of nostalgic because every Sunday we'd all like, oh crap, Walking Dead. We'd cook like zombie yeah. burgers, or we'd yeah. make a whole, whole little meal yeah. <laughs> like uh, on that on that Sunday just for the show, you know." Yeah, and uh, I was like, dang! Every time I watched The Walking Dead, they're just like, oh shoot, this was back whenever we'd have little hangouts uh, or parties or what, like just. Well, yeah, I remember sessions. Jose and Jennifer, Joey, and, and yeah, we'd have they like, all little came hangouts. over, like, and that was usually like for the uh, the season, either finale or the new mm-hmm. season would come out. We oh, all, yeah. you know, we waited several months and we made a thing out of it. But I don't remember ever remember any other show that we partook. Mm-hmm. That in that family element of sitting down together and watching a, watching a show, yeah. <clears throat> we watched several movies together. You mm-hmm. know, lots of movies. We had t- hundreds of movies we watched together. But oh yeah, I I was never one of those binge watcher get stuck on a show type people. I guess because I didn't want to get caught into it. You know, mm-hmm. and Walking Dead I re- I think had already been around for uh, a season. Yeah. Uh, before we actually got into it. Mm-hmm. It really started to gain momentum around the second season. The first season was so good, and everybody was, like, raving and talking, and I just kept seeing commercials and things, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the stars, and, you know, and then people would be talking to, you know, at work about it. So I think uh, we watched, like, one episode, and I was like, oh, well, wasn't it all? Because, you know, you see zombies, and I saw the zombies in yeah. the commercials, and I'm not a horror movie guy. I don't like horror movies, scary movies. Um, it's just not my uh, type of movie that I like. I, I'm an action-packed drama thriller. I like those, but mm-hmm. I've never been a monster, you know, horror, you know, gory, evil, just type movie guy. This is not my thing, and, and to each their own. Everybody's different, and there's friends of mine that love horror movies. They just love to go watch and, and get scared or just, you know, laugh or whatever. They just love those type of movies. And I had friends mm-hmm. growing up in, in when I was in elementary, too, but... Anyways, uh, just never was my thing, and that's what I pictured that particular show was. 
yeah very much a horror because it was very like oh you know these zombies and <laughs> yeah. killing and stuff and I'm like, that's just another you know whatever but uh it wasn't it was very different it was survival you know mm-hmm. the human condition and how they were going to act and how people were going to be you know and it just gave you perspective like wow would i do that would i be able to you know shoot this person out of sheer survival you know like golly yeah and uh because people were even going against each other so they can get food and, and supplies and things like that you know you couldn't trust anybody so um, this little family of course started kind of building and then going you know growing and then you know traveling together and stuff but you'd lose a character here and there and it was it sucked mm-hmm. you're like man that would have been a great guy to keep seeing and he, he showed prominence like he was gonna and then man you just boom another one and yeah. you're like what and those are the things that just kept bringing you in and bringing you in bringing you in um i don't remember what season that i dropped off watching <clears throat> because it started to kind of lose its its way i think it was right after um the uh the guy with the hat the the, the bat um oh the negan guy negan yeah it was right after negan yeah. Um, that kind of thing was going on, and I was just like frustrated and in, in, <laughs> in how it was it was going that direction. But I mean, it was necessary, I guess. But you know, it is funny. And even today, driving uh, when I go out of town, like today, I went to Beeville, and then uh, on the way back, sometimes I go through back roads just because I love back roads. Mm-hmm. I always think, okay, if a zombie apocalypse, why did why didn't they go to these places? These these big old farms and stuff, you know, that have fences and 10-foot fences around them for hunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, those were... People weren't practical in in that show. Like, to me, those, those would be in the first places. I go, or, like, oh, we have a ranch, right? I would have built up that ranch <clears throat> or our own property and built it up. And, you know, yeah. we have running water. We could get electricity. We could have cabins and just protect each other, you know? But it seemed like the way it was set up in the, in, in the series is that there wasn't a lot of people alive. A lot of people were already just just dead, like wiped out, mm-hmm. um, and there was only a few, you know, survivors. But uh, I always think of things like, man, there's tractors you could just run over and plow these zombies because there were herds of zombies in this in the show. Mm-hmm. Like there were just herds of them just walking and walking, walking, finding and hunting and hunting whatever or trying to feed. And uh, they had to lead that herd one time into that area, and they were gonna try to kill them stuff, but. I'm like, dude, with all the stuff that we have, tractors and, and just different equipment, <laughs> like, why don't you just go yeah. brrr, take, take them off, you know? But, I, I mean, I just, that's, it's funny that even now I think of those type of things from seeing that movie, it still makes me wonder, like, hey, if it ever happened here, how would we do it or what would I do? And, yeah. You know, where would I go? But, uh, yeah, it was it was a movie that it had a big impact on, mm-hmm. on us, you know, because we really enjoyed that uh, that family time to get together and watch a show together which you know it's, it's hard to do sometimes it's really really hard to do even today you know to, to get everybody with the same schedule <laughs> yeah to sit down and and then talk about it and laugh about it and whatnot and you know when we start having friends over on the uh season finales or the new seasons would come on they would have their opinions and they would say that they read the book and Oh yeah, you know. And I was like, "Oh, there's a book or there's a comic." I didn't even know. I thought it was just a series. You know, I didn't know. I wasn't that deep into it. But they were like, "Yeah, I, already, I know what's gonna happen." I'm like, oh, "Okay, well, don't tell me." <laughs> but um, yeah, it was that was a, that was a damn good show. But the point I was trying to make earlier that was like really the first show that we really, really got that I really got into that that uh, mm-hmm. that that I committed to for for length of time 
to watch, you know. Now I've seen some other shows more recently, you know, but uh, before that, I was never like, oh, the show's coming on, I got to sit down at 7 o'clock, whatever, you know. I was never that mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> I, had other, I had other things to do, but this particular one, for some reason, snagged us, and then I guess I was like, oh, okay, it's not that bad, you know, committing to a show, whatever. They'd always leave you on a cliffhanger. Yeah, man. yeah, and there's some really good shows out there that I've seen, like really, really good ones and, that are very entertaining, but uh, more recently, uh, Yellowstone's a really good show. I don't know if you've, if you've picked oh, yeah. up on that one. That's a really damn good show. The Ranch Guy, <coughs> Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's, that's a damn good one. And then they have two shows that they like were spinoffs from the Yellowstone that are like the prequels of two Yellowstone, like before. Yeah. And um, country music star uh, Tim McGraw and his wife Faith uh, Hill mm. star as husband and wife in the earlier one, uh, the earlier set one, and that's a rough one to watch. It's 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 awesome. The Yellowstone. Yeah, t-shirt. yeah. It's basically the origins of america like when starting and they were trying to travel up north and and get a plot and and build their own space and Mm -hmm. that's how yellowstone began you know they're they were set they're basically setting the uh the path for the show yellowstone they're kind of like giving you the back history to the origin and stuff yeah kind of the origin but it's a rough i mean it's all survival the the oregon trail they're going through the oregon trail Mm. and i mean people are dying left and right from just stuff man like accidents you know the, these you know pilgrimage people that were from germany you know trying to make their way here in in america they don't there's a language barrier they don't speak english but they're kind, they're still trying to communicate and you know they said don't drink the water don't drink the water and then they are they are just drinking downing this river water and you're supposed to boil it first and then they're just throwing up and getting sick and they're all hurting and they're like having to make them tea to help them, you know, get better and stuff, and they're like, these people aren't going to make it, man, and <laughs> and they showed them, like, the watch for these snakes, because they were, they started in Texas, yeah, and they worked their way up north, and they were showing them, like, all the snakes, like, here, this snake here, if you see the snake, you know, you can't get close to it, don't let it bite you, it'll kill you, if you see this, don't do this, and uh, if you see this plant, get away from it, Oh yeah. you know, <laughs> and it just, like, people would go and go poop in there and, like, get caught up in that plant and the next thing you know they're they have a, a poisonous rash and they're sick and then they're dying you know and it's like dude like i don't know how many people were buried along the way to, oh yeah to get up north. multiple people just so, lost yeah and then of course there was indians there too at the time and and luckily that they did a better portrayal of native uh you know the native people here it wasn't like oh bad 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 no they they worked with each other they traded with each other it was a way better portrayal of of native uh, people, but um, it's it's amazing, you know, to think. And I was telling my wife too. I said, it's it was rough, right? You, we don't think of how rough yeah. it was when our early ancestors and our the people that founded here, you know, had mm-hmm. to go through just to start. And and now there's buildings and cars and you know, you know, just all kinds of technology. And it all started from people just coming here. Yeah, dude. I so, really have a. <laughs> I really love how the Native American culture is because they, they and not only do they have like great backstory of how everything was started, like how they were the first ones here in America, how like they started, I guess, uh, what do you call it? Like, you know how they grow everything and yeah. they're just basically natural. Every, everything's natural with them and 
like how we came to just messed up all their land and their people like yeah. just messed up everything well we've come to learn a lot of, of truths with uh, Native Americans because um, once they were once we arrived we wanted to change their way of living mm-hmm. we considered them, I say we but the, the early Americans considered them um, you know uncivilized Mm-hmm. So they were trying to teach them how to live more civilly, you know, have indoor plumbing, have better clothing, have, you know, but they didn't ask for the help. They didn't want the help. They were doing fine on their own. You know, mm-hmm. they were living peacefully and, you know, uh, but they wanted to bring modernization to them. And of course, these are strong people that didn't want to listen. So then there was just a lot of death there, you know, and a lot of, yeah. a lot of bad things. And it still happened into the you know, 1900s and 1950s, 1940s. I mean, there were still schools that were, that they would pick up all of these indigenous kids and take them to their school, Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. I've listened to several podcasts and it's pretty, pretty sad and, but serious. <clears throat> and they would basically beat the Indian out of them, you know, learn English. They couldn't speak their language. They couldn't do their customs. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I listened to this podcast last year, probably mid mid last year sometime. And the series that I'm watching now is eighteen twenty three. It's, it's the it's about Yellowstone too. It's again it's it's the seventeen hundreds, mm-hmm. the eighteen hundreds, and then the one we're watching now. So, in the eighteen hundred part, um, they show there's a side story going on of these indigenous girls that are in a Catholic school, and they're getting beat up by the nuns to act right and to act civilized and to be a wife and to be in a home or even work or get a job like and if mm-hmm. they do so, something wrong like speak their language they get they get slapped with a wooden thing and there's just one particular character who refuses to break you know she's mm-hmm. fights back she's hit the nun back <laughs> you know like it's bad they get put in the sweat, sweat boxes and stuff and just treated like animals you know and yeah. this this is true story this is stuff that really happened because in the podcast there's people that are still alive that went through that you know um and they're telling their stories and it's just sad and they're not they're trying to hold the people in the church accountable but they're hiding everything it's a really really hidden thing but man there's people that are broken because of it that have gone into drugs that have gone to like depression and never speak about it they didn't want to uh, be interviewed by the, the reporter that was doing the story in the podcast like yeah it's a hard thing to talk about and um it's a it's it's a serious thing man and it's just sad that 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 that's happened to to anybody you know but it yeah. seems like uh it's it's crazy man i mean they, they're good people you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they're good people and, they, and the way it was back then was again survival and just yeah we're gonna take it by force and you know, one would argue that it's still, still kind of the same now. You know, it's mm-hmm. still it's still the same thing. And we're learning a lot of different truths. We're learning under, like the truth of what really happened because a lot of stuff has been hidden. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm I'm learning things too that that were complete opposite of what I learned when I was, you know, in school thirty some years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, forty years ago. So it's kind of like, dude, you know, it's it's. <laughs> What, what 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 do you mean you know and there's you know there's even dinosaurs that didn't exist you know that that were named that, didn't, that never existed you know and and I'm learning those things and then there's you know there's dinosaurs that they're now discovering you know 
So it's just crazy to see all the stuff that was kind of covered up and kind of, you know, kept from us for, you know, like, we don't, whatever you don't know won't hurt you kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's not the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the young people of today are so angry. They, they, they've seen that, and then they're, they are trying to change that way of thought and, and everything, you know. And some people don't want it to be changed. They just want it to be the same. They just want it to, like, we're okay with it. We're okay, but we've been sold a, a you know, a bill of goods pretty, pretty much, you know. And now they're like, you know, but they're doing it the wrong way. I think they're, in my opinion, I think some of the things that they're doing is is not the proper way to, to handle it. Yeah. Like, don't want to get into all of that, but it's it's uh, it's pretty crazy just to see how rough it was in, in survival in the early America days and then uh, to learn a lot of stuff that we never even knew was true. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to go back to The Walking Dead real quick. Yeah. I had a couple questions. Um, a hard question first, just mm-hmm. to get that one out the way. Yeah. If situation came upon you and say one of your family members had gotten bit or maybe infected or something like that and they're just in pain or suffering in some sort of way or something like that would you be able to be able to pull that trigger if they asked you uh, um <laughs> Now I want to put this into context. Do I do I know that you? I know that they've been bitten, and I know what happens after they get. Bitten. Yeah, you know exactly what happens. You know they are bit, and they told you just put it put me on my misery type of thing. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I could. And let me explain and compare it to uh it's it's essentially pulling the plug Mm -hmm. you know you have a loved one that's been in an accident went to a coma and is on a breathing machine and doctors are saying hey not not going to come out of it you know they've been in this for so long what about do you do you want to pull the plug you Mm -hmm. know that's something that people have to make almost every day i'm pretty sure that decision so it's kind of the same you know You, you know the outcome you know What's happened to the person, but um, can you actually pull the plug? Mm-hmm. But the difference, I think, for that is that uh, the person could come out of that coma. In the zombie apocalypse, they're going to become a zombie and not. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's no, there's no there's, cure there's, for that. Yeah, there's no <laughs> cure, so. Or waiting. In the, I'm going to create two different stories. If it was just me. And the loved one, in the middle of the forest, I'd, I'd walk away. I'd just go away. But if it was me and I have five other family members or three or two or even one other family members and then the person that's just got bitten, then I'd do it. To continue us to survive. And I would expect you to do the same thing if I was bitten. Don't want to create more problems. Don't want to create more death. Don't want to create more you know, zombies. So I would expect you to take me out. But if it was just like I said, me and you, the middle of nowhere, 
I'd let somebody else take you out. I wouldn't do it. But if 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 there was no one else you. around, but if I had the family and, and you could easily attack and you know, then no, I, I'd have to I'd have to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because I I was uh, watching the show, and there is a part where um. This, I for, I forgot her name, uh, but basically her sister had gotten bit, and she literally stayed all night long until she turned. Well, she died first, right, and then she turned, but she uh she literally stayed on the floor just watching their sister, I guess, go through the whole thing. Uh, and then whenever her sister started changing or going through the the zombie phase, turning into a, a walker rather, uh. She basically said her final words and then just took her out. I was like, damn, that's that's fucking tough. Yeah, and I guess clarifying that too is I would wait till you weren't you anymore. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Like like her. Like I wouldn't just say, all right, David, love you, bye, boom, shoot you. No, you're still yeah. David, but I'm going to wait till you, that transformation happens and then you're no longer my son. Yeah. You are this terrible thing. So Because I can't do it when you're, you're still you. There's mm-hmm. just no way, you know? But when you transition into the zombie, the thing that is not you anymore, then yeah, I could do that. I can I can do that in that instant. But man, just oh, you got bit. Sorry, you know. And what if you didn't get bit? What if it was just a, you know <laughs> something else? Mm-hmm. But um, another classic scene was uh, the I Am Legend. You know. Um, oh, the dog. You can even say that for your animals. You know, for your your and and in, in that movie it was just him and his dog there was no other human beings existed on that island so to lose just that last thing that you had of, that had that was living that you were talking to every day and mm-hmm. we saw how much it affected him the next day he puts himself in that car and he put basically almost commit suicide you know he goes and wants to take out as many of those monsters as he can you know in the middle of the night but he held that that dog in his arms and then the transformation happened and he heard it, the breathing. He heard the growling, he saw and, and he had to he had to choke the living day the living out of that that animal. Mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty. He cried. Scene. It was a t- it sense. It was a tense scene, and, and it put you there, you know. But yeah, definitely. I mean, even you couldn't even go that that way, you know. Like um, the hardest part would be, what if it was a small child, mm-hmm. like a super small child, they got bit. You know, the and you know putting a gun to a small child—it is not a thing that you do ever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then just imagine, wow! Like you just can't—that that would be tough. It's like uh, some put ending a life that hasn't even been lived yet. <clears throat> yeah, because I I even think that I would be able to tell you, you know what you need to do, David. You know I'm I've been bitten, so whenever you're ready, when it, you know. We have that understanding by the child, like, what's going on? What's happening? Why are you looking at me like that? You know, I don't, I don't feel good. You know, you're like, they have no, it's a child, you know, so that, mm-hmm. that scenario there would be, would be tough. Yeah, they're just clueless. Yeah, yeah. That would be mm-hmm. tough, you know. So. Yeah, there's a, I got to the part in The Walking Dead where, um, uh, the, the younger boy, uh, Rick's son, Carl, uh, there's a point where he was like in an accident where he got shot. And like his his side area, and uh, the they had brought him to a little farmhouse, and the doctor did a little bit of procedure on him, and he said they had to wait for some medical supplies because they didn't have any, and so there's guys going to go get it right, and uh, 
he's like, if uh, he doesn't get these medical supplies, we got to do the procedure, and he may not make it, most likely may not make it if we do it without those supplies, and they're just basically waiting on time to come for for time for them to go and get the supplies, and he's like, we got a time limit, we got to do it now or never, right? And But it was just a really, really risky procedure, and he's like, uh, he told Rick, <clears throat> he's like, I need you to talk to your wife. He's like, if uh, things are like shit comes to worse, then we're going to have to start this thing, and it may not turn out as good as you want. And uh, Rick was just basically talking to his wife. He's like, do we want him to live in this zombie apocalypse world, like, full of this, or should we just let him pass? Or, like, they were just having these discussions. Mm. And uh, I was like, holy shit, that's a fucking crazy thing to ask or talk about, you know? Yeah. But um, fortunately, the they brought the medical supplies in time, and they were able to do the procedure. They got the bullet out of his stomach. It was like a little piece of shrapnels that were stuck in his stomach or his side or something. But they got it all and he, he fully recovered. Uh, but I was just like, damn. Having, just talking about, or talking to your wife saying like, do you want our son to, do you think there's going to be happiness for him in a world like this? Or just full of evil and zombies and just like craziness and stuff like that. And they, and then uh, I think Rick was just fighting the the argument of saying like life prevails type of yeah. thing like he yeah. wanted nothing but he's a glass half full type of guy so he just wanted it a better you know how every parent wants a better life for the yeah. child that's kind of like what he was pointing towards but i was like damn that's a crazy uh little situation they're in well put their child yeah um there's there's no no where or there's no way right now that People have to have that conversation. This this apocalypse zombie type world, mm-hmm. but um, there's there's a connection there. I mean, there's something that it can be actually realistic because parents have to make that decision every day when they find out that their child that's still in the womb is gonna be, you know, uh, sick or gonna not you know it's not gonna be well. It's gonna be handicapped or it's gonna be, um, you know, th- there's tests that can be done and the, you know that's why the 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 moms usually go to the doctor and get checked up periodically. Yeah. And there's times when the doctors say, hey, there's a chance that your child's going to be, you know, uh, not well. It's not going to, you know, be able to, you know, be normal or whatever and stuff. So, you know, what do you want to do? They've given parents that, that, uh, that decision to make. You know, do you want to continue and have this child and, and it's going to have a rough life? It's going to have complications. It's not going to develop, you know, as normal like other normal kids. It's going to have trouble. It's going to, you know, have trouble yeah. in school. And, and, you know, the, it's, a, it's a real thing, you know. Um, parents have to make that decision. And, you know, some parents decide not to have the mm-hmm. child. And there's lots of parents that decide to have the child. And yeah. they just run with it. And they just go with it, you know. And they don't regret it one bit, you know. But um, there's parents that just have to make that decision like I don't want my child to be to go through hard hardships and, and you know be in a wheelchair all his life and not be you know not being able to breathe and without a, without stuff you know it's tough dude it's a tough decision yeah and I can imagine <clears throat> even the doctors too how many patients they have that are just numbers of kids that have to go through this stuff yeah. how the doctors feel and stuff and uh 
like kind of connecting both of the worlds. Uh, John Berthnall, the guy who plays Shane mm-hmm. in The Walking Dead, his brother is actually a, uh, I think he's called something oncologist. Like he works in the cancer department, uh, I believe, with kids as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, he has his own pod- podcast too, John Berthnall. Um, and he actually did a did it with his brother. He talked to his brother for like a couple hours, and I was listening to that one day. And his brother was saying, uh, like he has patients, uh, kids. I think he said there were like there's this girl that had a something on her arm. Like she had basically to get her arm taken off, right, in order for the cancer to go away. Right, right. To take out the cancer or something, and. Uh, the parents literally had moved from state to state looking for a doctor that could do it without taking her arm off. And they came to him, uh, his brother, saying, because he can do it. With, he, he was prom- the one that was promising that could do it without the taking the arm off and like, doing all these crazy stuff, which made it more simpler for her so she could still have her arm. Yeah. It won't be armless no more, anything like that. But when it came to him, he said, basically said, like, look, we're, we're most likely going to have to take it off if you want to save your life. Uh, and the parents were, like, so upset. Like, we went through all this trouble. We moved state to state. We did all these. We looked for the best doctors. And you're telling us that we're going to have to take it off? And he's like, this is, like, their best option. Uh, maybe there's some experimental things we can do, but this is going to be your best bet. And he told, told it to the girl, like, the actual girl that was getting the procedure, and at first, she was like, no, like, she wanted to do other types of uh, um, surgeries, like, looking for other things to do, other options. Oh, and uh, then she finally came around. She's like, okay, I'll do it. Like, I'll take my arm off to get this off. I guess she was just tired of going place to place. And uh, once the procedure was done, uh, uh, John's brother, he was uh, going into the day, like, the 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 hours after the surgery or whatever she was already awake and stuff and whenever he walked in he was expecting her to be like like wow did everything go okay but instead of that she asked, she told him she told the doctor that must have been pretty hard for you like that and then that basically meaning uh like all after all these years of just going through patients and patients and just doing things and it kind of like took to him you know cuz like usually doctors don't get emotional or something yeah. But uh, he's like, yeah, after I walked out that room, I freaking just, like, broke down in tears and stuff. And he was just going through the whole thing. He's like, man, that was crazy. Like, no one ever, like, no patient really thought about that. Mm. Like, they usually just, like, thank you for saving my life. But, like, she thought about the doctor, you know. Yeah, it's been hard for him. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Just to link those two together. Yeah. Um... Speaking of doctors and, like, health and stuff, I kind of want to switch to a little bit of a political type of thing. Um, How do you feel nowadays? Maybe you're felt differently. I don't know how your opinion is, but how do you feel about the healthcare system now? Because, you know me, I was trying to get... Uh, what do you call it? Like wisdom teeth out the other day. I didn't have. I don't have any insurance right now. It's yeah. crazy. Um, people that don't have insurance got to pay an arm and a leg just to go to the ER just to get medicine or something simple, you know. And uh, I don't. I don't like our healthcare system at all. I really yeah. don't. I mean, I, I, 
actually felt that way, and I still feel that way for a long time. But um, it feels safe and good to have insurance. Um, but I don't use it nearly as, as often as, I'm, as, I'm, as I mm-hmm. should, you know. Um, I remember being your age and doing without insurance because I couldn't afford it. Yeah. And back then it wasn't a law where you had to have it or you would get penalized within the year. That, that was brought up, I think, with Obama when Obama was the president. But anyways, maybe before, I'm not, I don't remember. But I remember not having insurance for a few months. And then when it was time to do your tax return, I got penalized for the months that I didn't have insurance. Basically, like, everybody needs to have insurance. Uh, but I've always opted out of the insurance because that was going to be another 100 or $200 a month mm-hmm. uh, then to off of off of the the little income that I was making I needed every dime I was raising a family kids you know mm-hmm. um so it was it was tough to not have insurance um now I'm paying I think I think almost $800 a month for insurance Jesus. Yeah, I'm paying almost $800 a month, and it covers my two stepkids, my son Josh, me and my wife. And um, that's that's for the family plan. That's, that doesn't mean if you have more people, it's going to be more. That was just basically that. And then I have some life insurances on the, you know, on me, and, and then, you know, my wife too, in case something happens to them, the kids, in case something happens to them. Uh, dental, vision, it all adds up. But the part that, that I struggle with is... I don't have a lot of faith in our medical, you know, community. I, I feel like they want us sick. They want us. To, they want to keep us sick, mm-hmm. so that we can keep going back and keep spending money. Medicines are expensive. Um, I've had allergies since I was a little little boy. Uh, I've always known that I've had allergies. I've always had <clears throat> congestion and coughing and stuff. My my parents didn't have insurance, so I never got taken to the doctor or got checked for for what allergies I have. And uh, I, I should have done this a long time ago. You know, I've had I've been having insurance for the last fifteen years now or so, twenty years, uh, but I've never gotten it tested because I just again just not a big fan of going to the doctor. And, and there's a lot of people like me that <laughs> yeah. like that. And there's a lot of people that say that you should you should be doing it. Check yourself, and, you know. And I and I get that too. Yeah. But uh, again, I, and then I I'll always go back to the argument. Well, I just feel like they're gonna just put stuff on you that you don't need. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear like, oh, you should be on this medicine or you should be on that. Like, no, I'm not, I don't want to be on medicine, you know. So that's why I, I don't do the things that I that you know people advise to do. But anyways, going back to the allergy thing, um, I recently set up. Uh, my wife recently set up an appointment with the allergy people, allergy and associates, uh, and and they do like full on allergy testing. Mm-hmm. I did a very minimal allergy test with my private doctor or my family doctor, whatever, and it wasn't anything. Like, they poked you on your arm, checked you in 10 minutes later, and I see you had a reaction. They gave you, like, 40 different little vials and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this one's a lot more. It's like a two-hour process, and uh, it's more in-depth, and they check everything. Damn. And, he, and when I walked into the appointment, the man looked at me, and he says, oh, I know you have allergies. And I'm like, well. Yeah, because your eyes are dark here. Anybody that has dark eyes in here? And he goes, and then just like the way you sound, too, I could tell. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So he goes, all right, well, we're going to have to do this test on you. It's two hours. We're going to schedule you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, fine. 
I have insurance, right? So a nurse comes in or a lady comes in from the front desk says, okay, this is going to be a, um, an out-of-pocket expense since you're not since you haven't met the deductible it's going to be sixteen hundred dollars for this test i said sixteen hundred dollars i have insurance what why aren't they covering it they're like well this is not a like this isn't a medical visit this is a procedure it's this and that or you have, and then you have met your deductible and there's that and i'm like sixteen hundred dollars are you kidding me i said well i'm, I'm not gonna do it <laughs> i said i'm not gonna pay you six hundred dollars i said i'll wait till i get my deductible up and then i'll come back later i'm not doing it right now i'm not gonna pay you full price and she's like okay i go so how much is the visit gonna be 175 i'm like i have insurance i thought it was like a 20 dollars copay she goes, well this is um a specialist it's not a regular again and not a regular visit i'm like you know 175 dollar visit for 10 minutes of consultation and then it was literally 10 minutes he told me all of that in 10 minutes mm-hmm. and uh spent 175 bucks that he made in 10 minutes yeah, and then told me that they wanted another sixteen hundred dollars. So I I feel like it shouldn't be that expensive. It shouldn't cost that much. It shouldn't be unaffordable, you know. And it, you know why are aren't they more in the helping and healing people than they are keeping people sick, and 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 those that can't afford it or don't want to pay that, letting them stay sick too, you know. Yeah, you work your ass off. You work hard. You go and and, and you pay for this insurance every month. $800 a month. In two months, that's $600. 1600 mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it's so backwards and so it doesn't make no sense to me at all. Yeah, it's funny, dude, because say if you were in a citizen in Canada or any other, basically any other country I could think of, uh, you go into Canada, hospital, ER, whatever, say you break your leg and you need to go get it fixed, you know what they're going to give you as a bill? Zero. Zero dollars. That's free. That's free. Nothing bad over there. Like their healthcare system over there is perfect. Um, even in like I I hear in uh what's it called Poland or something like over there in uh Europe around there, I think they have like the best healthcare system. Like everyone there is like nothing but like how you were saying uh healing and yeah. trying to be healthy and like, everyone's it's, just it's, better. It's minded. backwards here. It's making people. Uh, it's a business. Making That's medical facilities rich, and keeping people sick. Mm-hmm. Because it, you gotta think of it this way: if people aren't sick, they're not gonna they're not gonna have re- recurring patients. They're gonna have yeah. reoccurring, you know, stuff. So, of course, they're not in the business of healing people and making people better. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. still gonna be side effects. They're still gonna be sick people. You know, um, and then not to mention our foods and everything that we eat isn't good for us either. Causes a lot of inflammation. Causes a lot of sickness. A lot of allergies. A lot of all kinds of stuff. So there's a foods making us sick. Mm-hmm. We have to go to the doctor to find out, and then we're taking medicines that's making us sicker. You know, having side effects. Yeah, it's just a weird, repetitive thing. Um, I remember hearing Joe Rogan on his podcast say one time that uh, other countries tell us how crazy it is, how many medical ads and pharmaceutical ads there are in America, because they they are not allowed over there. They're Pharmaceutical mm-hmm. ads are not allowed. It's considered illegal. It's illegal, yeah. So here, it it's constant. It's every commercial. There's one or two pharmaceutical ads, and, and it just blows me away that it's just nothing. Like, we just don't think, oh, medicines, medicines, medicines. Uh, you know, everybody's sick. Everybody, you know, oh, I could take that. I could take that, you know. And <coughs> mm-hmm. I, I've never been one to, like, believe and depend be depending on all these pills, you know, before bed or, you know. I have the, the same day. mindset as, you like, know? I... Uh, when 
I think of myself as or not myself. Uh, I think of like whenever it comes to like pills or whatever type of medicines. Like if I get a headache, I won't take a pill. I'm gonna let that shit go, like mm-hmm. run its course. You know. If, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, if I'm if it's hurting or if it's like too much to bear, then yeah, I'll take like a pill or mm-hmm. something. But uh, if it's just something like you get every day, I don't want to have my body get used to the fact. Oh, I got to take a pill. Well, yeah, there's pill. people that do have migraines every day, so they they have to take something every day. Mm-hmm. But pain management is a completely different thing. Pain management can be just simple as you know, less stress, exercise. Yeah. You know, just things clearing like that. And, and most things, you know, again, you know, Joe Rogan's a big supporter of this. Most things can be uh, taken care of by just better diet and exercise. Yeah. It's that simple. Depression. Depression can go away with diet and exercise, mm-hmm. but some people choose to continue to stay depressed. They just, they, you just, the rather, might take just... A, yeah, I might rather take a pill, you know. So, it's and it's hard. I, I'm not saying that they're less, you know, or not a good person or whatever, or not, you know, mm-hmm. able to. But it's hard. It's a hard step to to go forward in that direction and understand and believe it. Yeah, you know, because in their mind, it's like you don't under, you don't understand. You don't understand. No, I do understand. That's the point. I've been there. You know, I know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. You gotta get yourself up. You gotta get yourself out of that, that funk. You know, and and you know, I've always tried to do things holistically. And what I mean by that is just natural. It's meditate, spiritual, pray. Um, you eat tried better. meditating before? Yeah. Well, I medit- well, to me, meditation is I pray. Oh, okay. I don't just sit there like and hum and and. You know, chant to something that I don't understand. No, I pray to God, and I and I just close my eyes and I listen. You know, and I meditate when I'm fishing on, the, on the, my kayak. To me, that's meditation and prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just sitting there, talking to God, waiting for the next bite, and I might not get a bite for a good <laughs> few minutes. So in between bites, I'm talking, and then I'm listening, and I'm hearing a little breeze. I'm hearing you know movement in the water, splashing from baits. You know, birds chirping. Uh, and breeze just you know going and and sometimes in the right direction the the wind blows through my fishing lines that my on my fishing rods behind my back mm-hmm. and they make this weird whistle like like a crazy little whistle because the lines are so tight mm-hmm. you know so it's just all kinds of sounds and I'm just there quiet and just listening and you know I I always hear from God I'll, I'll, I'll never not hear from God it's just you have to tune in. You have to be able to tune into that to that station and be basically wanting to hear from God. Yeah. And, and you'll hear, but um, and it's not always stuff you want to hear. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the other part is if you're looking for a specific answer and not getting it, then that's probably God. Yeah, I think that's pretty nice. Always, uh, I try always try to do the same thing. Um, the most most things I do is uh. Like here and there, I don't do it often, but I should. <laughs> I uh, pray every night before I go to bed, yep. or every morning rather, because I work overnight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just pray, just thanking him for things he's blessed us with every day, Good. just just for life in general, like just yeah. waking up, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I do that, and sometimes I'll go on here and there. I'll uh, download, or I I have the Bible app on my phone, so I'll I'll look up a couple of scriptures. Like there was this one the other day I looked up. It was um. It was like on a TikTok I saw. It was it was something I think it was like Proverbs or Psalms or something. But it was basically 
saying something along the lines of um, uh, basically like a guy shouldn't cheat on his wife. It should just be stay faithful to your wife. But it was something I, for, I you know how the biblical text how right. they they say it like in a different way. But it was something saying like be faithful to your wife. Right. Uh, don't have eyes for another woman type of thing. And I looked it up because it was on a TikTok. It said Proverbs something, something. But it was like basically this, you know how this is like one of those old, uh, it was like a TikTok of a girl hanging out with her boyfriend or something. And yeah. and that that little psalm came up. It said Psalm something, something. And I looked it up. I was like, I wonder what this was. And I looked it up and it said like, have no eyes for another woman or something. But I was like, oh, it's pretty, pretty neat. I didn't uh, know about that one. Yeah. But I just here and there I'll research sometimes and I'll figure, I'll find it out. It's a uh, it's definitely a good Bible verse, um, and it's it's hard now. I mean, when there's so much promotion of of disloyalty, you know, mm-hmm. and not that there wasn't in in my upbringing and stuff like that. I mean, I've read that and heard that, and and I've even failed that myself, you know, and uh, but. I'm seeing so much now, you know, that it's tough. It's it's almost promoting for you not to be loyal. You know, there's so so much um, temptations. Well, not so much. Yeah, there's so much temptation, but there's so much like to be sketchy, to be, uh, to cheat, to have multiple partners and not let them know, to have a burner phone, to, to have a side piece. You know, there's so much language of, like, it's so cool that the young people are picking up on that young kids they're having more than one you know girlfriend and boyfriend you know and what does that do it lessens the expectancy of loyalty mm-hmm. you know girls are basically being told it doesn't matter what you do i'm going to have more girlfriends you know um it's i'm, I'm going through something uh, in a personal uh way that i, I can't really s- talk about with my stepdaughter but I will say that uh, it's she she has low self esteem and, and a lack of respect for herself already and she's 11 years old mm-hmm. and a lot of it is just being um, the culture nowadays the culture yeah the culture is, is to be that way so it's, I think a lot has happened in the last 15 we say 10 15 years maybe before, well basically when social media hit yeah the, in the last three years the last two years more you know even more because uh it, with covid and everything it, it created some crazy reactions crazy things people were dying everybody was scared everybody oh, was yeah. running crazy reckless uh, you know uh you know you live your life you know whatever they call it, yolo they were just like mm-hmm. fuck it let's go uh, yeah, we're all gonna die anyway. So you know, they, did, they didn't know how to. Yeah, these these kids that already were sensitive, mm-hmm. all of a sudden are being kept home and and being told that if they go to school, they might catch a disease and die. And then they were witnessing their own family members dying, whether they were immediate or distant. I mean, it was death everywhere, and and it was just being put on television, put on the radio, put on the news. It fucks people up. Our, ment- mm-hmm. our mental state of health was, was horrible. It's been horrible and still struggling mm-hmm. right now, you know? <clears throat> so, yeah, the whole pandemic just messed yeah, up everything. Yeah, it, it really caused quite a bit of that, you know? And now it's a very, 
we're all, it kind of almost feels like we're going to die anyway, so fuck it. Let's just do whatever, you know. So, and I'm seeing it close to home, you know, and that's what I'm saying personally. Like, I'm seeing it closer to home, not just on TV and not just in other people's kids. It's like I'm seeing it close to home, like how it's affected the mental health and mental state mm-hmm. of kids. You know, so I, I put my, my stepdaughter in, in, in boxing uh, this year. That was my Christmas gift to her because I knew she's bonded, but I also know she's been struggling. So it was a hard decision to make in the sense of, like, giving her something that I'm going to be paying for every month, you know. and, and But mm-hmm. it's I knew deep down in my heart it's worth it. Yeah. So, uh, and she's loving it. She's excited. She's going right now, she's right? In, she's in it right now. How long is it? Uh, she does it for an hour. And actually, she just got out. Uh, so she oh, does okay. it for an hour every day, Monday through Friday. She can go at 4, but she doesn't get out of school till like, 4.10. By the time we get there, it's, like, 4.30, 4.45. But um, it's jujitsu at uh, 4, 4 to 5, and then 5 o'clock boxing. Primarily, she wanted boxing only. Mm-hmm. She, she wasn't really interested in jujitsu, but I really wanted to put her in jujitsu because of what jujitsu is and what jujitsu would do for her. Yeah. Mentally, she's struggling with herself. She's struggling with disciplining herself and saying no, uh, walking the other way. Um, she's going towards trouble rather than avoiding trouble. Um, she doesn't know how to get out of trouble, get out of situations. So she finds herself in situations. Jiu-Jitsu is, is from what I've done, by no means am I a master in Jiu-Jitsu. I've never done it. I've watched it. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I love uh, it too. And... and uh, what I have learned is it's it's a mind thing. It's it's learning to get out of situations. You get put in a chokehold. There's way there's a way out of every move. There's a counter. You know. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite movies is Red Belt. I probably watched that thing a dozen times. I just recently watched it like a month ago. I just watched it actually last it's week. It's a damn good movie, man. And and I wish people would appreciate that movie more. But he was preaching that. He was saying with every move, there's a you know there's a situation, there's a way out. You just gotta find it. You gotta find it. Breathe. Control your breathing. And and we're in a we're in a, in an area uh, in society where there's a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. a lot of worry, a lot of depression. There's a lot of uh, you know struggle. And she's there. That's where she's at. The anxiety. Yeah. I'm afraid to go to school, but I, I want to go to school. And you know, so I said, man, you just be perfect for you because you're gonna learn how to control your breathing and learn how to get out of problems you can learn how to tell your mind like no focus on this one thing instead of focusing on all of this and and uh when we when we got her the the package um the monthly package it i was i thought i was paying for just boxing it was like no she, she can do the, the jiu-jitsu and the boxing for the price that you're paying and she just needs to show for the thing i was like wow so uh well what do we do for gloves and, and wraps and stuff she was okay well there's a package for the gloves the wraps and the key the gi is the yellow uniform you wear for jujitsu, and I told my wife, I said, "Do we just get her the boxing gloves, or we get her the gi in case she shows interest down the road?" She goes, "Let's get her the gi." So we got her the gi, and the the wraps and the boxing gloves, and then we ended up buying her some workout clothes and some shoes. And um, she was excited. So when she, she we gave it to her as a gift, she opened it up and it had her membership, and she's gonna be, "What is this? Are you gonna be in boxing?" She's like, "Wow, my God." And, she was excited to hear that, and she's been she, mm-hmm. she's been doing really well. Like she's learning, she's doing well. She's, it's I'm already seeing a difference in her, you know. And yesterday uh, was day two. She had to run a mile the first day. She ran a mile uh, <laughs> the first day, which was Monday, was no school yet. 
Yeah. Uh, they went they went back to school yesterday, Tuesday. Well, on Tuesdays at school, it's two mile Tuesday, so she had to run two miles at school, and then whatever their little workout is there in the routine, and then of course they ran another mile over here at boxing because that's their mm -hmm. warm up. They run a mile, they do some stretches. Yeah. And they start doing some shadow boxing. They start doing some moves. Well, anyways, uh, uh, we got home yesterday from practice, uh, and my wife already made dinner and served her dinner she went into her room and it got quiet and i said we need to check on her she's like, oh i had asked i had asked her are you okay and she's like yeah and and like 30 <laughs> minutes 30 minutes later with by i'd say about seven o'clock seven thirty i was like she needs to get ready to take a shower so i went to her door her door was locked i said hey babe her door's locked do you have the key to open it so she found the key to unlock it and she was crashed out <laughs> i mean wrapped in her thing crashed out tired She's yeah. been she's been working her ass off in these classes. If she comes home still trying to do moves and you know, she <laughs> she had me do this when they hold the pillow so I could hit the pillow, like and, and I told her, I said, Pour everything you got into this. Pour everything you got into this. And she was like, Well what do you mean? I said, Everything you're struggling with, everything that you're you're the temptations, all the things that you're you're doing that you're not supposed to be doing, ignore all that, pour everything into this. Let this be your distraction. Let this be the thing that you take out your anger and let this thing that heals you. Let this, let this be your thing. And she looked at me like, I didn't think I could do that, but I get what you're saying. Like, okay. So I remind her, I remind her every day, put, put everything into it, put everything into it. And she's like, okay. Um, it's inspired me. I, I want to be in jujitsu. I really do. And um, I'm still going to talk to you about that. Good, because I have something to tell you. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, they... uh. <laughs> I asked Josh too. Josh was kind of not really interested in it, but um, they have a family pack. Um, oh really? Yeah, I think it's a one one price, and you can bring your whole family. And it's adult jujitsu. It starts at six, so after her boxing, she could join us at six o'clock, and we'll do the family jujitsu where we're all in our geese and we're all doing learning moves and working it, working it out, and, and just practicing. And uh, I think it's from six to to seven. It's like an hour. Um, but um, and then on the weekends, he said on the weekends is like a, an hour you can do one on one with the coach. Well, <laughs> well, what you would do is you partner up with somebody like somebody your size, or you know you could partner with me, and then they'd have you work moves the whole time. He's gonna teach you a move, and then you're gonna work that move for twenty minutes. All right, let's let's see what you can do in this move, and then you're gonna transition to a different thing. So all you're doing is just learning. Because I walked, we were there the first day on Monday at four, and we saw the whole kids jiu-jitsu class the one she should be attending but she was not ready she's just like too nervous it was her first day there so she didn't want to dress up she just wanted to watch and dude there was little kids dude hit with his daughter the coach's daughter that was leading the class is like this big and she was she was doing the moves really good <laughs> i was like i said that little girl that's his daughter and dude, she was doing the moves and i was like wow like you know you could tell he's been teaching her and mm -hmm. i said this kid could be anywhere right now she's in here in this class she'd rather be here with her dad i said that's awesome so because natalie can't do uh the early class so you know by the time we get out of school like i said and get there it's already almost five she's like well what if we do the the class together the family class you know at, at six I, we can do it and it's like so she's like begging me to to pay but i want i want to to make it worth it so if you like we pay or whatever you can go too, you know what I'm saying? Like it'd be like you and then Josh and just my wife doesn't want nothing to do with it. She's like, ah, I'm not working out. <laughs> so 
Shoot, dude, I am so down. I've been wanting to do it since you told me about it. Whenever I was in high school or it was in middle school or something, yeah. and you told me that like, you want to do martial arts, I was like, hell yeah, sign me up. Like, All right, we'll we'll think about it. Hombre. Yeah. Ten years later. Probably <laughs> traveling still, and it was just hard. And yeah, I think it was back when you I were really, tired. I really climbing. feel like I wish I would have put you because I think um, my friend Daniel Dominguez at the time when he was he had his stepkids with his. Uh, first wife or whatever. Um, well, actually, I don't think they ever got married. But anyways, he he uh, took it upon himself and he put his his son or stepson uh, or her kid or son into jujitsu. And then they he started getting really good and he ended up taking them to tournaments. I remember and I got all like, wow, I'll, I'll put one of my kids in there too. And I think I asked you, Christian and and, uh, and Daniel. And I think you did give me a response. You know, like yeah, yeah, I want to do it and stuff, but. I just never got to find out how much and, and you know, I wanted to be there and that was that was gonna be the, the thing that I couldn't do is be there. So but uh it's never too late. You know what I mean? Like we Yeah, it's always there's always time. Just like in life if you need to go to education or there's always it's never gonna not gonna go nowhere. It's yeah, never yeah. not gonna be there. But uh yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in it. I I gotta talk to the guy and because I need to find out if the uh since I'm already paying for my daughter, and if it's a family price, do I drop her, her monthly, and then take up this new one? So, I need to find out what that what that's gonna entail. The, the okay, yeah, the thing. So, but yeah, man, it's uh, definitely something that, that I don't and I don't. He didn't say if there was a limit to how many people. He says it's for the family. Like, he goes, and this is a really good time because the class is small. He says, just starting it up, it's a small class, it's a great time to come in where it's not going to be like, oh, it's too many people here, you know. I said, okay. So, um, cool guy, I like the guy, he's really cool, he, he's doing, it's, um, um, I'd say 80%, maybe 85% for for kids. I saw very few men and adults in there, but man, he's, there's there's so many kids that are in this boxing and MMA. So we're basically going to be taking down kids, that's kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Be easy, easy work. No, easy, easy no, work. I just, I'm just saying I appreciate that what he's doing, man, for these kids. You yeah. Know, these kids are really... Put into a good mindset. You know, when, when me and my wife went to go uh, pay and uh, register her, uh, my daughter was, wasn't with us. She was already, you know, with her dad for the holidays. But we had gone and, um, you know, we went and asked him some questions and stuff. And he was like, anytime these kids give me a hard time and say, you know, oh, you know, my parents. And he's like, you're here because they love you. There's no other reason. Mm-hmm. You're here because they love you. They want you to be in, involved in something positive. So, like, I don't want to hear you talking trash about that. Like, and and he emphasized. He goes, these kids have no idea the dangers that are out there. You know, and they're they're here in a safe place and they're learning something. And I was really impressed. I saw these kids and they were doing the roles and they were doing the moves and yeah, some of them were a little silly about it and stuff. But at the same time, they could be behind a TV playing a video game. Watching TikTok, none of them had phones. None of them were behind that uh, TV in a video game. They were rolling on the ground, doing moves. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is awesome. You know, just wish, wish, wish I would have done done this with you guys. But uh, like I said, not too late, man. We'll get we'll get in there. Yeah, dude. I I'm, <coughs> I'm super interested in doing all that stuff too. I really want to. Ever since I you ever told me about that, just like oh crap, like uh, martial yeah. arts. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah I want to yeah. do that. And every time we see those Ip Man movies or just uh, any martial arts movies, 
It could be even silly things like rush hour. I'll get interested. Oh, Jackie Chan, like he's doing some crazy ass stunts. <laughs> so, yeah. Like just things like that we grew up with. And now I'm like, damn, what, I could be doing that. Like I want to learn how to do this or do something like that. Or boxing too. I want to learn. Me and my friend Jay were talking about doing boxing together, going yeah. to a gym. Uh, but yeah, dude, mixed martial arts is the way to go too yeah. as well. I always envision myself like, damn. If I'm not working here, I could be doing MMA, a UFC champion. Like I just think like stupid shit like that, like just yeah. throughout the day or throughout the night. Yeah. I was like, man, imagine if I could be making millions of dollars or just yeah. making it's money. A, it's or a realistic, it's a realistic sport. You know what I mean? Because you can yeah. you can use it in real life. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that you're. And you know, this is one thing that I talked to my daughter about too. Before the before day one, I said I do not want to find out that you're using the things you learned here. Mm-hmm. And hurting somebody at school with, I said I will pull you out of this so fast. I said that's not why you're here. I know, I know. I said, but I'm just telling you because that's part of the discipline. That's part of you being a better person. Is yeah, you have the power to really hurt somebody, you know. But you're not because you know better, and you're smarter than that, you know. And you're not going to hurt somebody, and and that's that's not why you're here. You're not here. I'm not trying to teach you self defense. I'm trying to teach you discipline. I'm trying to teach you something for good for you, you know, for your mind to help you think and breathe and get better, you know, not to hurt people, not to, because you know, it's it's all I hear at her school are fights every day, fights there, fights there, you know. <laughs> so it's like Jesus, man. Like you know what I say to that? With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I, I quoted that to her. Yeah, I quoted that. This is the very same thing, and you know, she doesn't pick up on what that means and, and what that's connected to. But uh, it makes sense. It's a very, very so with with all of that, you know, knowledge and power you have. It's a responsibility of you to not use it in a bad way. Because I said I, I know people that have here in Corpus that have gotten knocked out coming out of a bar, head slams on the damn sidewalk and they die because they've gotten a fight and they talk shit to somebody. It's a dumb bar fight. Dumb thing. Dumb thing. And then and, and or they don't die and they're now you know messed up for the rest of their life because yeah. of the injuries that they sustained. I said, so you do not want to find yourself on either side of that. There's just no reason to, you know. I know, I know. So I just kinda gave her that little little talk before we uh before we got there because I need her to understand, you know, I'm doing this for you but for a very different reason that you might be t- thinking, you know. Yeah. Because she's very competitive. She's very, you know, I want to win. I want to be strong with that. But I mean, at the same time, you're going to have to learn how to just chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The very first time I've ever seen, like, a member, I remember one time, a long, long, long time ago, back when uh, your, good, your good friend uh, Robert was uh, still with us. Yeah. He had his, he, had, he was a coach, right? Or something yeah. like that. Or a trainer. Yeah. He had a gym. Yeah. At a gym. And you went with him one time. I think you worked out with him or something like that. Or uh, was no, you just was checking doing, it out? I was doing a film uh, for him. He wanted me to do a film edit because he was entering the UFC. And, oh, that's and right. he needed to submit uh, a tape, a tape, you know, a disc, a tape, whatever, of basically him. And he ended up getting in. He ended up getting into uh, the, the last 20 people. Mm-hmm. And they told him to lose 25 pounds. And then they would... Uh, see him again so dude he went on a serious crazy diet like a month he lost a crazy amount of weight in a short period of time and um, they called him that they decided to go a different direction and the direction that they had decided to go 
was uh, with Kimbo Slice. When, Kimbo. They, when they added Kimbo Slice to the UFC, mm, uh, that's right. the UFC show. So they used that as, I guess, because he was going to be a basically celebrity type, almost celebrity because he was a YouTuber in getting in backyard fights. Everybody mm-hmm. knew him. Why not bring him on board and we're just going to go a different direction rather than the normal, usual fighters that we get all the time. Yeah. Uh, that we just find. Because he went to Las Vegas once or twice to go audition and work out and do some moves and he made it for the first couple rounds and he made it to the like I said the last 20 people and they said lose 20, 20 pounds or 25 pounds and then call us back or we'll call you or whatever and then uh, we, you might have a shot here and then it didn't happen they, they went with Kimbo Slice mm. and they went in a completely different direction I remember he was pretty pretty let down because he was already late mid 30s Probably mid thirties to late thirties, so he was already getting, getting out of his prime, yeah, getting out of his prime. But this gym that we're at now, there's a picture of him on the wall. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a picture of him on the wall. So the one that Natalie goes to jujitsu. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty bad. And so yeah, well, like I said, when we when we were setting her up and registering her, I said, you know, Robert. He goes, yeah, he's, he's a friend of ours, and we know him. And he goes, I mean, he goes, I went to school with him, and he was a good friend of mine, and. So it was just sad, you know, to hear what happened to him. And he's like, yeah. And I said, what what exactly did you hear that happened to him? Like, I asked him. I said, what, what do you know? Because I did not want to ask his sister, who I was in, in contact with on Facebook, that that was telling me, you know, that I didn't want to ask him all these personal questions. So I was just waiting to hear. Mm-hmm. But um, he died of COVID. And uh, this was early, early COVID when the hospitals were just killing people, putting them on those oh, the, respirators and yeah. stuff like that, on the air machines or whatever. Or breathing machines, so that's how he died. He died from just the hospital, just not knowing what to do at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, me and Tony were dumbfounded by it because we were like this healthiest guy that we know. You know what I'm saying? Like strong, and, and he he's dying. How, how? And I think that was part of the fear of everybody, you know. But again, we just didn't know. Now we know that a lot of people died with because of the breathing machines and then just the improper. You know, uh, treatments. I mean, yeah. People were walking away from this w- with nothing, like taking taking a few pills, taking a few things, and walking mm-hmm. away from it. But their fear was so vast in the very beginning that nobody understood, and we're so scared. You know? <clears throat> yeah, I, I just remember that. You know, and it was funny because I caught the flu twenty nineteen, end of twenty nineteen, yeah, de- December twenty nineteen. I caught the flu right before Christmas. And then January, February is when COVID happened. So mm-hmm. I was to myself, I wonder about COVID then, but no, it was it was regular flu. And it took us a week. We recovered in a week. And Something uh, simple, just taking a couple. Yeah, I didn't have it as bad as my uh, wife. Uh, she was my fiance at the time, I believe. But anyways, uh, she had it bad. Like she was pretty down and out. Oh yeah. And we. I woke up Monday morning, called in sick to to work, saying, "Not feeling well, gonna go get checked." Mm-hmm. I went and got checked uh, at the doctor. They gave me a flu test, and then she comes back in with a mask all covered up. You have the flu. I'm like, "What?" She goes, "Yeah." I said, "Look, <laughs> my fiance, I just put her on her insurance of my insurance. She doesn't have insurance yet. It's gonna be active in January. It's December like 28th, 29th. It was like almost in the end of the year." I think it was right after Christmas, not before. Anyways, uh, I said, oh, 
Just I'll double, I'll double your dosage or whatever, and that way you can, you know, distribute the rest to her so she can recover too. I said, okay, thank you. So she helped us with that. I think they just gave us like Theraflu or something like that. Not Theraflu, but uh, Thermoflu. I don't know, whatever the, the prescription is for, mm-hmm. for flu. But that's what we took. We took that one a day or twice a day, and uh, I stayed home for a week. I remember staying home in a week. We ate soups and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and... Uh, we had sent off the kids for two days, the stepkids, and we had told you, remember when we had the other house, I, t- I had texted you and said, hey, I got the flu, I'm going to have to stay over there, you know. And, um, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I was back when we used to live at the old at house. the house, yeah. So I stayed kind of quarantined with her. We had sent her, her two uh, kids, my stepkids now, uh, to their grandparents because we didn't want them to get it. Well, then they, get, they got it. Mm. So they came home with the flu. And we had to get them medicine, so. <laughs> and Natalie did the worst. Like, she was, a, you know, she had it the, taking seven showers a day, crying, moaning. I was like, oh, my God, super traumatic. But <laughs> she acted like she was dying. And you, how long was it for you? Like, uh, a week? like I said, I didn't have it. I didn't. I felt like a cold to me, just a common cold. It just felt like mm. a little stuffy, a little whatever. I was watching TV and doing my days off. I was like, hell yeah, you know, I was getting paid for these days, you know, so because I had sick days. But um, yeah, my my wife, my fiance at the time, she uh, she was hurting a little bit too. She had headache and congestion, a little cough and sore throat. Yeah. I don't think I've ever really seen her sicker than that. But um, yeah, she she wasn't liking it at all. But it took us about a week, about a week medication, and we we got better. I think, and our our family, our science family genes. Our, what do you call it? Our, um, I think we have pretty good health genes, man, as far as like getting recovered from sickness or yeah. the flu or just something common like that cold. Yeah. Like I had the cold, uh, like maybe, um, I just got it maybe like two weeks ago. Yeah. And it's been, it was gone within like three or four days. That's good. Like I had runny nose. Uh, I didn't have a cough or nothing. It was just runny nose. I had a congestion a little bit, but that was it. I didn't get nothing else than that. Uh, it went away quick within like maybe yeah. three or four days. But I was, I'd go to work, come back home. I'd drink a lot of water. I just make sure I, I do correctly everything. I take showers, yeah. like do everything correctly. You know, maybe I'll take. I I take vitamins currently, just a little gummy vitamin, the adult vitamins. Yeah. I take two a day, uh, just just so I could have my vitamins intake. Uh, drink plenty of water and just go about that. You know, have my meals. Yeah, I keep uh, in my uh, medicine cabinet. I keep four things. I keep zinc. I think it's fifty milligrams of zinc. Vitamin D three, vitamin C, and bromocetin. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I keep those things, those four things. They all, they all support or promote immune support, immune boost. You know. Yeah. So if you're feeling an inkling of under the weather, like you're coming down with something, I, I start creating a, a little, I pour a little juice or a little water. I put a few drops of the the D3, and and it comes in liquid form or capsules. Uh, and a pop of zinc. And the zinc, I'm telling you, and all those things, just and you'll start feeling better within the next couple of days. And they're all natural. 
Mm. Or you can go to any vitamin store and get them. You know, and I had a doctor when I had, when I had that acute bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter came home one day coughing, and, and she's one of those just coughs, coughs and everywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> I caught something. I know she aimed her little bug. But it, it got me in a in a weird way, man. It gave me a, a, a acute bronchitis, but uh, I picked it up, and then it was Grandpa's funeral, mm-hmm. and then we got back from Grandpa's funeral. I remember we were being at the ranch, and we were on the smoke, and the, the it was misty, the air was like kind of like foggy or whatever. Yeah. And then I started feeling like kind of shitty, and uh, man, I just had it, dude. I got a, that that crazy wheezing crazy uh like congestion right here in my chest and i could hear myself i've never heard myself crackle it was a weird crackling sound every time i breathe mm-hmm. i've never had that so um got a couple x-rays x-rays were fine thank god but uh i got that sickness and the doctor they gave me one antibiotic and then antibiotic wasn't working so they gave me a different one that one didn't work and it was actually penicillin that worked but anyways he told he said to take these things and he wrote down uh, four things and he gave it to my wife and he was like here's wife and yeah he goes here i want you to get these for him and make sure he takes this this and that three of those things i already had in my my medicine cabinet uh the other thing that that i got was um the, the bromethylene or whatever i was out of it I, mm-hmm. I didn't have any more of it so i said man i take this stuff you know so and then when josh starts feeling sick i do the same thing i make him a little mixture you know I have the drop droplet forms, and then I have the capsules. Yeah. And I tell him, take these two capsules, take this droplet, and drink it with that. And he's like, all right. And he'll feel better in a couple of days. Hell yeah, dude. That's just just natural stuff, too. That's, that's, what, that's, to me, the holistic part. That's the real natural, the just faith in, in vitamins, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. The natural, natural stuff. But um, Sunlight, too, is a very good source of vitamin. Yeah, that, that's a big thing, too. That's the uh, vitamin D part is... That was what they were saying with all these kids that were getting sick or people that were getting sick because they weren't, they weren't coming out of the house. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting activity. They weren't getting, they were pale, you know. I know it sucks for me because I work overnight, so I don't have as much sunlight. But every time I cross that street or when I'm walking home, it's sunrise. Yeah. And the sun's right there in the horizon or a little bit over the horizon. And I'm just looking at the sun the whole time walking. And I just feel like, you know, that part in uh, Man or uh, was it? Um, Man of Steel. No, it wasn't Man of Steel. It was a Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. where they had to fight Doomsday, and you know how oh, Superman yeah. went into space because he had to do the nuke in space, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. like he looked at the sun, and he just started recovering. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. felt like that when I started looking at the sun. I was like, just all that solar energy, you know, and just I've actually into had mind. that feeling of um, whatever that looked like in that scene. Yeah. Like when I'm in the sun, it just gives you that chill on your skin. It just like. It makes you just, uh, it's absorbing stuff, and it just, I've always felt that, and I never knew what it was, but um, that warmth, that feeling of just that sun hitting your body, and just, you you don't realize how important it is, but. It's very, it, it actually affects you. It's not like just a, all they say, it, it's actually a, the sunlight photosynthesizes plants it, that's their 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 food i guess in a way mm-hmm. I, for, I forget i it's been a while since i've been in science that's but right. uh that's how god created us yeah that's how god created that's the only way to think of it but if you have your balcony here if the sun hits that in the morning before you go to bed or when you get home, it's but, more afternoon because mm-hmm. the way our apartments are angled oh, it's the sun comes down that way but the sun rises so it's gonna be yeah over here I get a lot of sun. I'm always outdoors. I like to fish. You know, in my work, I do a lot of driving. I'm walking around a lot of towers and stuff. So, 
Mm-hmm. I'm always outside, uh, you know, I'm somewhat covered though, but you know, I'm getting, I'm getting enough sun, I think. But, um, there's some people that just never leave the house, you know, excuse me, they don't, they don't walk outside. They, yeah. you know, they, they got to get outside and get some sun. And you could tell too, so there's, there's skin color, you know, I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah, dude, I get that all the time. Like, and you're so white. <laughs> like, well, shit, I work overnight, so I don't have yeah. enough sun. Uh, speaking of God and creating, <laughs> okay. I have another question. What is, what's the best thing you've created besides kids, of course? I guess something, it, it doesn't have to be like something, oh my God, I created like the next invention the, that solves cure cancer. Nothing like that. Like just something in your own little way that you created like oh this is pretty badass uh, I, I probably will think of this question it could be of a story up. too well so I think I could I could probably like think more on this and come up with a better answer but um, one of the first things that pops into my head just using my hands was um when I was younger, uh, my dad built everything. Always, my dad was always building something, you know. And mm-hmm. um, we were always next to him, having to build it with him, you know. And I hated it because I'd rather be <laughs> doing something else, you know. So uh. I didn't really take a liking to it. Um, much like you guys might not take a liking to certain things that I made y'all do too. Like I made y'all fish a lot and y'all didn't take into fishing, you know, or whatever. But my dad made us, man, dude, like cut the... Like, stand with him, cut the boards, and, and until he was done, we were done. Like, and my dad would work till the till past dark, you know what I mean? And we're ready to just go inside. But one of the things that he made was a, a bunk bed. Badass, two by six with two by fours. And man, me and my brother had that bunk bed for, I don't know how many years. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to recreate that for you and Josh. You remember you had the y'all's bunk bed? Yeah, yeah, long time ago. That was the toughest bunk bed that existed because yeah, like you guys were fours. rough on everything. And I remember every bed that I would make, y'all would break it. Everything that I would make, I would break it. It was just anything was strong enough. You know, y'all were rough on everything. So I was like, I, I can't keep buying new beds and new beds. So I wrote up a plan. I started drawing a little plan and a little design on, on the bed and I remember going and shopping and buying all the bolts and buying all the two by fours and cutting them up and measuring them up and man it was solid by the time we we put everything together it was a solid. I remember that day. I think we had painted the room too that day, didn't we? Yeah, because I had taken everything out and I was I bringing it. Got... So you know what? So we, you know you, when you start doing one thing, you want to do another thing and yeah. another thing and it was a, it was like almost like you got a whole makeover, a room mm-hmm. makeover. You started buying paints for every room. You're like, oh, you want to paint Christian? What do you want to paint Daniel, Josh? Yeah, everybody painted. Everyone them. got their own yeah. color. I think Christian painted her own pink, right, or something like that, or like, light, a, like light. a purplish pink or violet, maybe, or something. Uh-huh. It was a really light, light lavender type color. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, and you did a, we did a kind of a darkish blue, uh, kind of like the Spider-Man blue, mm. on, in y'all's room, and then Daniel did gray, I think, right. I did gray. Oh, oh sorry. I think uh, Daniel stayed with with white. Yeah, he stuck with white. But whenever I, I moved into oh, his you room, did it that's gray when I, with the with the white trim. I painted it and I did the trim. That's when you told Grandpa you're we like all trying to make him look good. <laughs> like yeah. he did all of himself. He did all himself. <laughs> well, I remember my dad did that to me when I was about your age too. When I, no, no, I told you this is gonna be your room. And like go ahead and do all the stuff. I'll supply everything and. 
I wanted so bad to be to have my own room. I was sharing with my older brother for all these years. Yeah. And the back room was a huge room about the size of this, and it was the laundry room. Mm-hmm. All it had was a washer and dryer and a water heater, and a big table where all the clothes would be piled up, and we'd have to fold all the clothes. And it was it could have been utilized for something better. So I begged my dad, Dad, I want my own room. I want my own room. Let me have the back room. Let me have the back room. And he finally said, Fine. So he, I think he cut those beds down for us in half so that I could have it in my room and, and him and his. But um, before that, I had to paint the whole, all the walls. I painted them all white, painted the ceiling. And then he brought me this, uh, like, used carpet that um, I guess uh, somebody was throwing away. And he brought it for me. And he said, lay it out and cut cut it out and everything with the washing dryer are. So I went over there with a razor and we cut it out and, and I had a carpeted bedroom with brand new white paint on there and then he built me some shelves just so I can have storage. Mm-hmm. And uh, that became my room. I had my own room now. I hung, I hung my uh, Michael Jordan posters and my <laughs> George Strait and Wrangler posters and you know hot women in bubbles. My dad made me take them down because it was too, you know, <laughs> too naughty for Tony but he was like, "What are you doing?" I don't. I don't even know where I remember where I got it from, but it was pretty. It was pretty. I got it from church. Well, not quite revealing, <laughs> but it was revealing enough to be like offensive, I guess. Yeah. And then, uh, but there was one Wrangler poster I had uh, of this girl, kind of wearing tight Wrangler jeans, but she was leaning back with her cowboy hat, with her legs up on a corral or something like that. And that was like the the best the best I could have. But the other one was. <laughs> Was like barely covering the nipples, you know, the <laughs> yeah. bubbles or whatever. I was brave, I guess. And Grandpa's I, like, I take it down, and he puts it in his room. Give it to me. <laughs> no, I was, never saw that thing again. But no, uh, yeah, he maybe I remember him telling me to take that one down. But I had my own, I had my own room, and then uh, I think that Christmas that we talked about when what was the best Christmas? Mm. I just got my own radio and my own keyboard, so I was yeah. able to put stuff, you know, everywhere. What's up, dude? So I was able to put like my own stuff in my little shelf and my own belongings and my shoes. I put them up there too, and mm-hmm. it was it was pretty cool. But uh, that was to me one of the things that I felt like because it, it was kind of passed. The idea was passed on to me from my dad. Yeah. And that I was able to build on my my two hands, you know, the the bed. Yeah. And it lasted. It still it still it still exists. Uh, our mm-hmm. my my uncle George has it in his ranch. Oh in yeah, his, in his cabin that he still has it. So, <laughs> and it's as solid as it was the day I made it. So, damn, yeah, that thing's crazy. Yeah. Um, going towards I guess the ranch. Um. Do you remember any stories? Maybe your grandpa ever told you, or your uncles, or maybe even grandpa, like my grandpa. Uh, crazy experiences as far as like ghost stories or maybe serial killers or like things that they heard over there around that town like you hear oh yeah there was a guy that you lived down that road or something like crazy you know um i don't remember anything close to our our property out there where where we always go to the ranch um there's there's stories of the property surrounding them you know like there's just so much so many miles and miles of of land that uh anything could happen out there and there's just rumors of of 
people being buried out there and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I know we joke about it all the time, but yeah. not on our property that I'm aware of. We just joke about it. But um, I've heard some stories of people that went missing and there's reason to believe that they might be anywhere out there, you know, in those, mm-hmm. those properties, you know. And there's also freaking uh, illegals crossing too that they just, they die of starvation or dehydration. And yeah, and the animals get them. Yeah, the animals will, will eat them. But um, the only paranormal stuff that I've ever heard my dad say was just the little house that they grew up in. You know, they've had a few encounters, a few uh, with with sounds mm, of yeah. people walking around upstairs, but there was nobody up there. And then one of his aunts was going to the restroom, which was an outhouse outside. So you had to walk outside to get to the outhouse because yeah. they didn't have indoor plumbing at the time. And she just saw like a flash of light behind her and when she turned it was gone mm-hmm. uh, things like that like she felt the presence um, just stuff like that those are the only two stories that I've heard but uh, on my mom's side I have an uncle that always had interesting crazy stories constantly had stories <laughs> and uh, the one interesting and, and he swears up and down and and a couple of the ki- kids were small, and they still remember. And they're like, they get in on it too. They're like, yeah, I remember it. It happened. It happened. But uh, he remembers just being down that. The, and and you know what it is to drive those roads in the middle of the night. It's miles and miles of just dark mm-hmm. darkness. And he saw like a flashing light behind him, and thinking, oh shit, it's cops. You know, cops are coming. It must be an accident or something. Or they're coming after me. What did I do wrong? You know and. And he sees that it's getting closer and closer, and he's looking at his rearview mirror as it gets closer, and he's seeing that it's not, it's floating, it's not driving, it's a floating object with mm-hmm. flashing lights. And then he starts to slow down, like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, it goes over him, in front of him, and just, like, like just takes off. Mm-hmm. And then he was so freaked out and scared that he turned around and went back the other way, back home or wherever he came from, uh, because he didn't know how to explain that. He didn't know what to do. And he said the kids saw it all. Like, mm-hmm. they were little, but they saw the flashing lights. They saw all of the, the stuff. So and he tells me to this day, like, he was, I saw it, Danny. There was a floating object, flashing <laughs> lights. So he swears by it. And, you know, I don't have no reason not to believe him, but. Again, he's got some really, really interesting stories sometimes, and yeah, you know. that sounds pretty, pretty wild. I wouldn't know what's new in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's just uh, one of those things, you know. And and he, you know, he's also the same guy that told me a story about. And you, you love the story too, where he stopped to take a piss. They were <laughs> they were drinking beer, yeah. you know, driving in those same roads, drinking beer. They stopped to take a piss. And then he hears voices saying, hey, you're peeing on me in Spanish. And he's like, what? And he looks down, and there's a bunch of immigrants, illegal immigrants or whatever, laying in the, in the ditch uh-huh. trying to sleep. And But they're also thirsty, and, and, you know, they hadn't eaten in so long, and they're asking him for water and, and food, and, and they're coming up one by one, and it's, like, really foggy and misty in, in his story. <laughs> and, like, he's saying, like, they look like zombies coming up out of the ground, coming towards him, and he just throws his beer, like, here, drink that, and <laughs> j- jumps in the truck and says, go, 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 you know, and they take off, you know. That's just kind of uh, <laughs> my re- remembering the story, you know, that he told, but I'm sure he could tell it a lot better, but that story, I remember he told me a few times, like, it was, like, nothing, you know. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, it's crazy. He's like he's he's had a, a lot of things happen to him too in his life that that were that were bad that, that I can't even mention. You know. Yeah. But uh, who knows? So, but uh, it, it like I said, he doesn't. I don't have a reason not to believe him. He's he's one of those just good storytellers for sure. Um, but my dad, I mean, I've asked him several times about his, you know, you know, stuff that he's experienced, and he's got a few, you know, a few little things, but that was it. I don't know if my dad entirely believes or what he believes, you know. Maybe he doesn't really want to tell the stories anymore. I don't, I don't know how, what his position is in it, but um, he had, he grew up, you know, I'm saying with, with having those two at least in this family, though, the sound of, of hearing people walk upstairs and there was nobody up there mm-hmm. and then also the uh the aunt with the light uh that, yeah. that appeared behind her and then it was gone i know I remember one time i was uh i stayed the night at grandpa's at the, over there at, <coughs> at the ranch and uh he had made a little fire and i think grandma was cooking like some fideo or los compoy or something in the house while we were just me and him i think henry nurse over there too i'm not sure uh, well, this was back when I was in high school. I think we were helping him out for the weekend because we needed some yard work done. But it was me and Henry there. And uh, he had me a little fire, right? So just me and him talking, just hanging out there. Just like how you mean you to hang out the fire. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I was like, I'm going to ask Grandpa. Like, I wonder if he'll tell me anything crazy stories like that. Because right? I never really talked to Grandpa like that, like how we talk. Yeah. So I asked him, hey, Grandpa. You ever have any crazy, crazy experiences with like, just in, uh, unexplained events or something like that, right? And uh, I asked him, and he said, "Well, yeah, there was just he was he told me the same story about him, Arturo, and Gilbert were sitting on the couch with, and they heard running upstairs, and Grandpa woke up, hey, I'm not stopping running. He's like, we're sitting, we're all sitting right here, like nothing like that, you know. And then he told me another that other story about the the broom hitting the the back door uh outside and uh they all were all scared like what, what is that knocking right and then grandpa he uh he went outside it was the freaking wind hitting the the broom because they thought it was someone knocking on the door you know mm. it was just the wind hitting the broom on the side of the side of the house and they all got freaked out but it was just that <laughs> but he made it sound like it was like someone knocking on the door yeah. trying to get in yeah. uh and there was another one he told me it's very faint because he told me right real quick, but uh, he said over there he said um, on the interstate or the uh, the FM uh, freeway or whatever. Mm. He said that sometimes there'd be he'd hear stories of guys saying like there was a light like a searchlight looking for like people walking or something like that, but it was just a light in the sky like looking for people. And he told me like yeah, there's sometimes the light would just move in the sky and looking. And he'd say something just regarding to that light source or something. And he'd say, like, yeah, like he heard stories saying, like, the light would find you or something. It would follow you or go along the road or something around there. And I was like, damn, dude. Like, I never heard that one before. Like, he never said it. But he's like, yeah, like, he heard stories, I guess, from the school or something. Like, kids would say should, it. or you should, probably Google, you should Google that. Yeah. I, uh, Google I that and see where those reports, because I'm sure there's more than more than one person that saw that. Mm-hmm. So that would be a story out there, I'm sure. And even yeah. maybe a newspaper clipping or something mm-hmm. that would, uh, would talk about that. And that would be pretty cool 
like research to do on that one. Yeah, I like I like looking up different crazy things uh, as far as like paranormal or just crazy unexplained events or UFOs or something like that. Just crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, it's all it's all fascinating to me in a way. Yeah, it made me think of a story again that I just remembered as you were talking about my dad and stuff. But when I was really really young. I was probably six, seven years old. My dad had just bought that property mm-hmm. that he's on right now. He had just bought it. And it was probably one of the Damn. most proudest things he ever did, right? He bought it in the 80s? Well, he bought it, yeah. Early 80s? Early 80s, yeah. He bought it early 80s. He was driving a dump truck at the time, I remember. And <laughs> I don't remember if it came with the house on it uh, or not. And I don't remember if it came with a light post that had a light on it and electricity as well. I don't remember if it came like that. But I remember this night that we were there, my dad wanted to go and he wanted to um, do some work or go check it out or just hang out on his property. Mm -hmm. So we all went and uh, Theo Gilbert was there. Uh, I remember Theo Gilbert. And then one of my dad's friends, really close friends at the time, uh, named Aaron, was there. And then... uh, I just remember the vehicles were kind of parked, spread out. We were all hanging out under the the light. They were enjoying themselves and talking, and and then I just remember they were they kept looking up at the sky and saying la chusa, you know la chusa, la chusa, and they were and they scrambled and kind of ran and like in a weird way. From what I remember, this is my recollection of of it, and mm-hmm. I kept telling them, "What are you looking?" For? At. what are you looking at like I, I was trying to and and I just remember them like kind of worrying me a little bit like you know my dad would put me like stay here and don't move and I don't know if they were afraid of this owl was gonna attack or drop or they were just seeing catching out but I also know all of the crazy folklore stories of lechusa mm-hmm. so I don't know if they really believed hardcore in lechusa that it was a real lechusa you know yeah, but I do remember that when you were talking about your stories, with my dad, I just that popped into my head that that was one that I actually was there and I lived in. I lived through. Yeah. I just saw the adults get excited or frantic about this thing flying in the air, and a couple of them, oh yeah, there it is again, you know, like it was mm-hmm. it was going round or landing or who knows what the hell. But I just kept remembering them saying that you saw that you saw whatever, and never explained to me, never told me what it was, and never again, you know, like. I think I asked my dad years and years later, and he kind of remembers it. But um, I clearly remember it because it put me in a position of, of worry. Like, what the hell yeah. is going on? I've never seen adults freak out, you know? And <laughs> they're making me freak out. So. Yeah. And I couldn't see because it was so dark. And it, it was almost like if they were there was nothing there. Yeah. And they were joking, but they were obviously running, like, moving and, like, Oh shit! Oh, oh, get over here! You know, like, so I don't know if they were like over exaggerating, and then it was kind of getting me scared or what. But mm-hmm. I do remember that. I do remember that taking place. And yeah, I'm, I remember the first time I've ever heard about Jesus was whenever George was telling that story yeah. <laughs> at the ranch. Whenever we had that little long time ago, the get together, and we first like met George, and uh, or at least hung out with him. Uh, at the ranch for those what was it we, how long were we there like a couple of days or yeah, the weekend days. or something yeah it was a weekend yeah we were there at night and, and told like George tell us a tell us a scary story or something. Yeah, and he started saying about the lechuzas and stuff that's the most popular one uh, Mexican folklore <laughs> but 
I learned I learned about it uh, in middle school. Uh, I had some friends drawing pictures of them and then bringing like little, uh, I guess, newspaper articles, and then they were just like they were they were really getting into it, like the the what it what it was. Mm-hmm. So I learned about it then, like what it was, and it, I connected it to what my dad was saying years ago. I just remember the word. Mm. But uh, their story, they would come up with crazy stories, like, you know, it has a woman's face, you know, and it flies, and it screams, and it can kill you, and it's, you know, it's dangerous, don't look at it, don't call it, walk the other way, like, just different rules and stuff, to, you know, how to avoid them, and, and I was like, this this exists, you know, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's crazy. I've only, uh, the, I've only seen a really close-up owl before, years and years and years later. Um, in Chapman Ranch Road, um, I was probably 18. I was driving, mm-hmm. and we used to go hang out with my friend Mike, and my cousin Gabe lived out there in Chapman Ranch, too. Oh, yeah. Well, where Mike lived, it was a dirt road. It was like a dead end, and you have to turn right only, you know, to go towards Bishop. Yeah. If you go straight, his house is there, but it's a dirt road because it's nothing but farm fields all the way around. And he was telling me that down that road, there's some abandoned barns. That some nasty bad things happened years ago. Nobody goes over them anymore. Of course, again, just stories that didn't probably exist. So I was like, "Let's go, let's check it out, let's go." And so we all got in our trucks and we went over there. We all drove down there. It was about a mile down the road, and we found these abandoned little barns. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember going in there. I said, "Let's go check it out." So I go. I remember going in there, and the first thing I saw, and it gave me fucking chills, was a. Uh, owl with a white face a big old white face and just oh, yeah. look, looks at me like that i'm like oh shit you know but it was, it was up there in the top of the barn it w- but it was just a regular owl but the way they move their head all look looking at you because they you know i'm just trying to open yeah. the door and see and the first thing i see is this big old owl's head like look right at me i'm like oh shit get the hell out of here we took off we ran <laughs> how old were you around the time i was 18, 18 oh 18 yeah okay <laughs> yeah, it was crazy just to see this this owl was just up there and it just turns and looks at you like, what the fuck are you doing here? And, and I was like, no, no, <laughs> let's Damn. get out of here. But uh, I always th- I would pass by there all the time, and I, and I always looked down there, and I don't think those barns are there anymore, but I always remember that that story. Um, but we were there, like, in and out. It was like, we saw what we, what we needed to see, and we left. <laughs> yeah. So I just recently saw this crazy uh, video about uh, different birds, how they fly and stuff, like the sound that they make. And there was this one, it was three different birds. It was a, uh, like a regular pigeon dove or whatever. Uh, it was a hawk, like a seeing hawk, like wave, you know how they are, like they glide in the top. Yeah. And then there's a regular barn owl. It's just a little small owl, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they recorded the noise of how loud they are when they're flying, like when they they come in or whatever, and they called the pigeon. The pigeon, you can hear it all loud, right? Yeah, and then they got the hawk. They got they got the hawk. The guy with the arm, whatever he called it, and you can you can hear it still, like hear the the wings. But when it comes to the owl, they're so pristine because they're they're night hunters. They're night predators, right? They hunt at night for little mice or whatever. They're so, I guess they adapted or they have some sort of the way that they work, uh, or how they hunt. Their wings, their uh. The noise that they make at night when they glide in is completely zero. Like, they have mics set up, like these mics. 
they have them set up like four or five in a row on the ground and they have the all of the birds fly over it and sure enough the dove the hawk they can hear them clear as day but whenever the they have they have headphones like us and they have mics and going on the owl goes across you can't hear shit <laughs> i'm like damn dude like that's crazy it's, and it's a, it's important because they're a predator yeah they're sneaking up on their prey so yeah that's the design again good god mm-hmm. design so that's pretty awesome you know yeah it was crazy if i find that video i'll send it to you but uh it was crazy amazing like, like dang i didn't know owls were like that yeah <laughs> yep and i remember um, knowing like they can rotate their head 100 like yeah. all the way backwards and, and they're nocturnal too so they they hunt at yeah. night and they hang out at night so i haven't seen very many very many owls in person i haven't seen a few but um they're pretty pretty crazy yeah uh, george scared, scared me one time uh, at the ranch when he when i was younger <laughs> i was shit now probably like 16 and uh, we went to the ranch and he was like go open that uh blind and just make sure or just go check it out if you want to look in there i want to show you something and i'll go there and open it and a fucking owl just flies out <laughs> i was like ah and he starts laughing laughing and i was really close to getting like scratched in the head because it flew over my head i just felt the wind it scared the shit out of me. I'll never forget. And he's Jesus back there just laughing. He knew that I was in there. Fucking <laughs> like asshole. Man. Nobody. <laughs> Damn, dude, it sucks. Yeah, you got me. I got one more question before we end this Sorry. podcast because I know you gotta get going. Uh, you can pick which one you want to answer. The first one is: When was the last time you were addicted? To something that you liked, like either video games, exercising, or just whatever your opinion you got addicted to? Or would you go in a room of absolute darkness, just open your eyes, you can't see shit, like you can't even see your hand for 24 hours or more? Um. <clears throat> the second question I've kind of been there been in a, in a room not for 24 hours for sure well, you it, have no sense of time yeah complete, no phone no yeah, nothing complete it's just darkness, complete uh, darkness no like like i had the power to turn my light on you know uh, mm. my, my cell phone i think but uh, i didn't i just it it's just pitch dark and and quiet and it was a, it was a very large room and this was a work we were doing in, in uh iowa it was a very old building, and uh, it was a, uh, what do you call it? Um, I forgot what, what they're called. Not, it's not a, they're not Mormons. They're, um, geez, I can't think of the name of these. Of these Lutherans? Men. No, these, it's, a, it's, a, it's a group of men, uh, not Knights of Columbus, it's something else. It's a different, uh, not Are they religious guys? They're not men. They're um, Jesus. It's a group of of of, of, of brotherhood. No, oh. it's a group of brotherhood. It's not necessarily a religion, but the whole purpose of it is to, um, like, you can you can advance in levels of it. You help people. You do things, but there's also like a very sketchy dark side to it too. Really, I forgot the name of this. Um, I have a couple of friends that are actually in it. This group, I know. Freemasons. Nah, it's kind of Freemason. Is it a Freemason? 
I think the Freemasons are like kind of underground, aren't they? It's like a cult or some shit. Um, oh, maybe it is a Freemason. Yeah, I think it's a Freemason. Freemasons. Right? I think it's a Freemason. It's a it's an organization of the, that, uh, and I'm not well versed on what what exactly they are, but this building that we're in, um, is huge. It it was it's like a cathedral. It's like a church almost, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And um, Tony was there. My brother was there, and a couple of other technicians that helped us. But me and Tony, we toured this place. We had free access to everything. But um, they're connected to chiropractic or chiro- chiro- uh, chiropractic practice. They're they're connected somehow to that. So again, one of those things you can do your research and find out. But Tony, while we were there, and I'm not one to do these type this type of research and stuff. Mm-hmm. While we were there, because we worked there for a whole week, we had to go there every day for a whole week. While we were there, he was able to Google that building, and there were cases of paranormal activity there mm-hmm. uh, that were recorded. And one of the things, because it's a school, and, you're, and it's a chiropractic school, so you learn how to become a chiropractor and, and stuff, that some of the classes, the fan would just start moving by itself, the, the seating fan. Wouldn't oh, okay. it wouldn't even be on, it would just start moving by itself. That was one thing. The other thing was that um, you would smell smoke, like a cigar smoke, all of a sudden. Like, you'd be walking down a hall, and no smoking around, no, no smoking was allowed, but you would just smell cigar smoke all of a sudden. And they traced that back to somebody that might have worked there or something, too, like a guy that always had a cigar mm-hmm. back in the 20s. Like, this is a very old building. But there were areas in this building that um, just nobody really went into, abandoned rooms, and it was this is how big this place was. Yeah. And they had, like, several le- levels. And we went. We ended up getting into an area where um, there was no electricity, mm-hmm. so we had to walk from like maybe a hundred feet or more to get to the other side. And we just turned the light. We said we're, we're going to do this. We're just going to turn the lights off for a little bit to see what <laughs> it feels like. And dude, it's very uncomfortable. Very uh, it just doesn't feel good. Your senses are, are disabled, you know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. can't see, can't hear nothing. It's just pitch dark and quiet. Um, and until somebody turns their light back on, and I had to double back by myself. Mm-hmm. So I challenged myself to try turning the light off and not having any light. And um, it's hard. It's a very hard thing. So to do it for 24 hours, I, I couldn't say that I could. Now, um, one of the stories, I could probably tell you tons of little stories, and so can Tony, but uh, one of the main stories that happened there was there was a elevator kind of shaft, a small mini elevator that they would bring things up and down. It wasn't people. It was just like little things. And in that elevator shaft, it was no longer used. It was an abandoned elevator shaft. That's where the tower, there was a a 20-foot cell phone tower that we put our cell phones on. Yeah. And we had to run cables, thick cables, down the tower along the top of the roof into that elevator shaft and then down. Yeah. Our smallest guy at the time was a guy named Matt, Matt Ramon. And uh, basically he had to go in there and snap in all the lines to keep him secured. And uh, he swears to God that when he was in there, he felt somebody touch him, like grab his shoulder. And he was like, oh. And he like jumped out of there like fuck that (laughs) so he felt somebody touch him in that elevator shaft when he was halfway down he had a headlamp and everything and he's just snapping in and he's trying to hurry his ass because it's already dark it's scary up there (laughs) Uh, 
And I, I wish, and Tony might still have some pictures. We, we have to ask him. But, and he could tell you where to look and where to Google, and you could see for yourself this building was crazy. But I remember taking a few pictures of, uh, of the area. And I know Tony took some pictures, but I lost all my pictures. Tony might still have them. I didn't have an iPhone at the time, so I didn't transfer it to the, the, what I have now. And I, I'm sure I just lost them in, in transferring the phones. But uh, we went to a couple of where they have ceremonies. Uh, like small, it was a small little room, and there was chairs like lined up here on top, chairs lined, and then they had a little air, like a little circle with their symbol in the middle of the floor. It looked very culty, cultish, yeah. And yeah. and we stood there, and there was curtains just hung hanging down under that, so you basically look like you're getting judged or something like, or being sworn in. Mm. You're standing there, and then there's this big chair in the middle, like a throne in the middle, and then two smaller chairs. Man, it it was very weird, like very cultish and very weird, and uh, I was like, let's get out of here, man. It was just a weird place. Like, we should, maybe we shouldn't even be in here, <laughs> but I remember just looking around, and then they had a big old stadium, like a church almost thing, with a big old stage in the front, and like stadium seating, just levels and levels and levels. Well, we were able to get under there. We had to get into the under there to run uh, some cables too, and it was crazy because you see all the. The, the stair levels of where the seats are above you and we're under yeah. that and it's like attic and just all building that looks spooky as hell and then that one corridor where it was like brick wall still they never put sheetrock and it was a brick wall and there were just rooms and it had like old stuff in there like trash and broken bottles and like nobody ever goes in there and there's no electricity you know mm. and uh I don't know I think it was just somebody who fucked around and did it but we were we were walking through and you know going and we went around the corner of this little bed and it had one little light ha uh, hanging a light bulb like that and then when we came back around it was like rocking like that yeah but I think somebody hit it you know and like oh shit but nobody's claiming to have hit it but yeah. I do remember that little thing was rocking back and forth and then when we uh we were done one hundred percent done we got yeah. our pictures oh we were ready to ship out of there it was it was gonna be I think Thanksgiving we wanted to come back. We had to drive all the way from Iowa back to, to Texas. Uh, we all took, like, massive shits <laughs> in the, one of the bathrooms over there. We all, like, spread out. And there's, like, two different bathrooms in that in that level. So, man, I mean, Tony, like, before we get in the road, we got to take shit. So we went in the user restroom. We took a dump. And then we left. And we were like, we're going to leave these ghosts with, with our shit or whatever. We're, I don't know. We were just joking around. Yeah, but uh, I remember that. We And then we, we got on the road and drove back to Texas. But... Tony did. Tony did more research than I did, and he could probably even tell you that he still remembers the name of the building and everything. Mm. But that was uh, in Iowa, you said. It was in Iowa. Yeah. Iowa, a huge, huge Freemason uh, facility, and um, like there was hardly anybody there ever. Like there was only a couple people running it uh, that worked there, maybe a security guard. They would let us in, but once they let us in, they would go away. And we, they always told us, "Yeah, there's, we have stories. There's stories. We've seen people standing around and then disappear and." Mm -hmm. There's a woman. We've seen a woman, and I'm like, damn. So yeah, there's definitely some shit in there for sure. But yeah, Tony, Tony, I, I challenge you to ask Tony what that building is, and then he'll tell you. And then if you Google it, you can see the articles that he read. But I don't ever really want to get too deep into that because then I feel like my mind's gonna be messing with me, you know. Mm -hmm. So the less I know, the better to me. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. I think that's about it, man. All right. Enjoyed Did you it. have any other questions or anything before we end it? Next time I'll bring the whiskey.
Oh yeah, whiskey. I didn't get to do it today. I got to work tomorrow, so. Yeah, we should plan this maybe on a Friday or something. Yeah. Or something like that. Or maybe uh, when we get back from uh, the vacation, we can. Oh yeah, we can talk about it too. Yeah, and also let me know about the martial arts stuff. Yeah, I'll let you know. All right, appreciate you coming through, man. No problem. Love you so much. Always fun to do this. Love you too. All right.